I want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives to share their top tips for success with you. Um, really excited today to have Kamar Zaman on the line, and let me tell you, he is the Chief Happiness Officer of KissPR.com. I'm excited to hear about more about that and also to hear more about um, the meaning of Kamar's name. Uh, Kamar, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. All right. So I, I have to know, can you please just give me the background? You, uh, it was mentioned to me that your your name has a, a interesting significance. Please. It does. So it's a Middle Eastern name and Kamar, which spells with Q-A-M-A-R, and you can really change it by putting a U and then it becomes an Indian name. So Q-A-M-A-R means in the Arabic word Kamar, which means the moon. And Zaman, which is Z-A-M-A-N, which means the time. So uh, in, if I translate it, uh, it would be moon of the time. Ah, okay. I, I, had, I had to ask. And, yes. And, and there's another person that's really famous. Um, he is a squash player. So our, my parents named him after him. Um, I'm not a squash player, but, you know, that gives me some <laughs> brand halo. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so as I mentioned to you uh, uh, prior, you know, I have a lot of, um, of uh, you know, young entrepreneurs that listen to this show, and I can see based on your history, your experience, you've been in the trenches for quite some time in the tech space. So you're definitely, and we're, we're going to get a little bit more into that, um, but mm -hmm. let's just start with how did you get started as an entrepreneur? So... So since you talk about the young adults, uh, when I was almost seven years old, I would lend money to my cousins, um, and <laughs> I had a mini bank since you were a financial expert. Um, so my parents would give me pocket money, I'd save it, and my cousins and my, you know, uh, cousin's sisters and boys, uh, they would want money, so I would lend it to them uh, on a very high interest level with a personal <laughs> guarantee from their mother. Uh, so that was my earlier. Uh, I I think the DNA because my dad was in banking, so I used to listen to him. So that's how it was. But then you know I went to college. Um, I graduated from the U.S. and then uh, I went for a tech company, worked for them. But inside of me, that small, uh, the the banker, you know, the high street banker was still there. And just to give you some context. When I was 14, I, I lived in a boarding school in England, and I would wear a three-piece suit and a briefcase to my class, and the kids would say, who is this guy? You know, so, so I had some of those uh, problems, I guess. So that's how it, I was kind of like um, born as an entrepreneur and grew up there. Um, so so that, that, that was my early beginning. Wow. So, uh, so I can't even imagine. So you were the original payday loan for the family, for the young kids. I was. <laughs> I was. The, charging the high interest rate and the... Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, and then you, so, you had the guarantee yeah. from the mom? <laughs> from the yes. So the when mom. the mom, when, the, when they didn't pay, I would go to the mom and they were scared of the mom, so they had to pay me back. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, this is a this may be one of my top uh, my favorite stories of how somebody got started. I've heard a lot, but this is the first. Um, <laughs> so how how important? I'm I'm just curious because sometimes um, you know people that are listening maybe they didn't come from the entrepreneur background, maybe they didn't have parents that were entrepreneurs. Um, how, how important do you think that is? If somebody doesn't have that influence. Um, do you think they can still make it as an entrepreneur? I think they can. The biggest thing that sets an entrepreneur, entrepreneur is a visionary, right? And the other person is a dreamer. There's a disconnect. A, a dreamer is the one that just keeps dreaming. A visionary keeps trying till he gets it, and it doesn't have to be the best at it. So that's what it was for me. You know, I never give up from day one. If it was the kid not paying me my money back, I never gave up till today. I I have fallen hundred times, and I'll I'll tell you as we go along that I've fallen hundred times, but I never give up, and that's what makes an entrepreneur unique. You're not going to be successful in everything, but you must continue to try. And one day it's going to stake, you know, you you will have at least one breakthrough. Let's talk about failure a little bit more. Like what what's your take overall on failure? I think personally to me, failure is more important than success. Because when you get a failure, you learn from it and you try to navigate like history. So if you learn history, you can be, you know, forward thinking that what I can do. So failure to me is more important than success because success is 1%. Failure is 99%, you know. So to me, failure is very, very important. And everybody, I think, needs to have that. It's like having a car accident. So when I started driving, I became a good driver once I had that first accident. That shook the hell out of me. After that, it started to get into my nervous system. So I feel failure is like car wreck. Yeah, and and just like the car wreck, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And, you know, just to understand that it's part of the process. And if you're out there and if you're in that stage of your particular process, um, just know, and that's a big reason why I have why I run this podcast and why I bring on entrepreneurs because it's not enough for me just to say it. You need to hear over and over and over from many successful people that failure is a thing and it's part of their process. And I love the way you said it, Kamar. I could fall a hundred times; doesn't matter. I'm still going to get up. I'm still going to keep trying. So, um, lo- love all of that background. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about how you got into tech and how you got into this space. Because I, I know you guys, I see you've been in it for quite some time. Like, how did you get interested in that? Um, I grew up, um, I wanted to be a doctor. And I, I, I'm from Pakistan, so Pakistan has a lot of doctors, uh, as you may know. But I lived uh, overseas. My dad was a banker, so we lived in Hong Kong and China and Japan. So it was hard for me to go back because I was kind of living in the Western world. So the logical choice was to send me to the States. When I moved to the States, uh, U.S., uh, I went to be a pre-medical student. When I moved here, um, my choices to be a doctor was limited by I had to be a U.S. citizen, etc., which I was not. 
college was very expensive to go a med school program. So with a biochemistry degree, what can I do when I don't have the money to go to a med school and didn't have much grants and scholarships for foreign students? So uh, again, because I was a hustler, I learned computer science on my own. And uh, I got my, as soon as I graduated, I was visiting the Cayman Islands uh, and I uh, found a job there. And the ad said, this is important, the ad said, looking for a banking software developer uh, with two years, years of experience. So I applied. They called me and they said, well, do you have the skills? And I said, yeah, I do have COBOL programming, which kind of is now old, but it's very famous in the old days. Mm -hmm. And they hired me because of my lending banking experience that I had, uh, you know, learning from my dad and obviously running my own uh, high street bank that I just talked about. So they knew that I could understand banking and learning to code software. So they gave me training in the uh, Channel Islands. I went there for three years. And after that, uh, that's how I got started in technology. Wow, that's amazing to be able to parlay different skills and to bring them together. And that, that's a huge theme that I, I hope the listeners are catching on to as you listen to more and more of these podcasts and stories of, of entrepreneurs is that, and, and just people in business is that you don't know what opportunity you take or that you, you know, you pursue and what that's going to lead to. Like, I bet when you started all this, you didn't, you didn't think, oh, you know, banking, oh, I'm going to be in tech. <laughs> no, you were thinking about being a doctor and it, in life and, you know, your needs and your changing, um, the change in, in your wants um, led you to something completely different. So I love it. And that's a, a great illustration um, let, let's right. talk more so about one thing, one thing right. I do want to tell you is that from banking, while I was developing applications, they would bring me into the meetings and I would give them suggestion on the how a business should work rather than how a banking developer should program. So they realized that I was more of a business analyst than a, a programmer. So that's why they took me laterally to a more different role. And that's how I got into, you know, more in-depth, in involved in understanding the business. Um, so, so that's kind of helped my journey along this way. And I think, I think that's a great transition. Um, let's talk about, you know, what you're doing in your role as Chief Happiness Officer. I love it, at KISSPR.com. Let's talk about what you, who your clients are and what you do for them. Sure. Uh, so before I started Kids PR, I worked with a corporate company. I left them in 2003 and started. And my challenge was that I was obviously I'm an entrepreneurial mindset. So I wanted to build a system so I can get people results. Uh, and it took me a couple of years of trial and error. Uh, and I kind of built it, but it didn't work that way. So I took a sabbatical, went more into learning. What I wanted to achieve was that every business owner struggles with getting their phone to ring. Okay, they they get you know traffic from online, etc. But when they get the phone to ring, uh, they don't know how to close the deal. So my challenge was to build that uh, framework and then help business owners to get better conversion. And that's when KISS PR was born, which keeps it super simple, and PR stands for predictable results. Uh, 
So by creating a formula which consists of business logic and technology, I help clients to get that higher conversion and to help them close that higher conversion. As a result, I've made some of my clients multi-billionaires. Wow. Um, let's talk a little bit. I know there's a, there's a lot of them that listen and follow me. Let's talk a little bit more about how you help law firms because I know that's a big, um, that's a big niche for you and, and who you help. Right. So b- before we talk uh, about how I help them, the biggest pain of any business, and especially I specialize in law firms, was that there are a lot of marketing companies that would get them on the first page of Google but or whatever they are trying to target, but not they are hard having hard time converting that person that got into a car wreck, for example, or a truck wreck or a personal injury or wrongful death. So understanding the legal space is important. So I kind of build a predictable result formula to identify the right audience right profile, and then once they are there, how to put them in the right funnel and then help them get that as a case rather than just have page one ranking without any customers. So that's the system I built, um, especially for law firms, so they can, they can get best branding as well as best conversion, which when I say conversion, I'm talking about paying clients. Okay, no that that's great. Um so what so what do you what do you do for them? If I'm a law firm and I'm listening, like what what's your what's your process? My process is simple. I start with understanding the law firm's complete DNA. I build a blueprint for them and then I build a media kit for them so I can pitch the law firm in the media as one third of the strategy. So when the law firm becomes the brand by spending one-tenth of the money that they would have normally spent on TV or radio, I get them the brand visibility. That brand visibility creates a lot of brand halo for the lawyer or the partner, and that turns into search engine uh, traffic. And when that traffic comes, I have built precisely the, the templates and the customer journey so they can turn that person into a perfect client. And that's what I've done uh, through a process of total automation. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, well, um, how how do people reach you? So if, somebody, if somebody's um, listening, they have a law firm or another business, um, what, how do they get in contact? What's your website? Uh, KissPR.com. If they also type, Lawyer marketing experts, I'm on first page of Google for multiple positions. So, But kisspr.com is obviously my one shingle. Um, they can also search for my name, keyword lawyer marketing expert, um, attorney marketing expert. I would, I, would, I would have expected nothing less. Of course you're on, first, on the first page for that one. I love it. <laughs> um, well, hey, Kamar, I, I really appreciate your time today and um, sharing your background, your experience with the audience, and also, you know, all, all the tips on on how on how and why failure is part of the process. Um, also, your your thought process behind um, around helping lawyers. So, appreciate all of that knowledge you gave you've given us um, for the for the audience. Thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, and again, if you, you um, yep. 
appreciate that. And to the audience, uh, don't forget to follow on Instagram at, at AskAdamTorres. And uh, you can follow all the book releases I have going on, the tour, all of that good stuff. And uh, head over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, if you'd like to become an author and apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just hit on the Become an Author tab. All right, Kamar, I appreciate your time today. Have a wonderful day.